Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here with June and Allison Kang. What's up? Hello. I I feel like every time we ever say your name from the stage, we're spelling it because of your email address. Oh yeah. So you're just saying like, yeah. like right? Because it's always like you can email June J O O N. You can at cornerstonewla.org. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you were saying before I hit record that you've done this before. Oh yeah. That you are old hat at the podcast microphone type thing. Oh yeah. So well, I, I, I'm excited for this story because um, if my buddies listen to this, shout out to you guys who are there with me at the radio, at the, at the recording studio. But um, yeah, like five years ago, five years ago, uh, there's like this Christian radio station that's like located in Glendale somewhere. And there's a pastor in Thousand Oaks who just would invite like a couple of like my friends who are like theology majors to like speak at this radio show. And they talk about deep things, stuff that I like didn't know anything about, you know, especially five years ago. And they're just like, Hey, you should just hop on the show. Nobody's listening to it. It's like one in the morning. Just, just put on the headphones and like get on the show. <laughs> and so I did it. Your friend specifically, that was like the only pool of people he used. Uh, he like had us come in like every Thursday night or something like that. Okay. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I like talked just random stuff, man. I, I mentioned like Augustine thinking I knew what I was talking about, but like the truth is like, I only like, I never read, I never read anything by him. You know, I, I was supposed to read it in college by Spark's notes, Spark notes it. So, <laughs> and then like quoted him yeah, on, the, quoted on the radio. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there, there's my credibility. Oh man. So, so you've been on the radio at one in the morning answering theo- theology questions. Uh, more like, yeah. I mean like he was, this is five years ago, like before you ever went to seminary or anything. Before, I mean, I still don't know anything now. So imagine me five years ago, you know, so. It's kind of crazy. Have you ever been on the radio, Allison? No, I've never been on the radio. You've never been on the nope. see. Uh, it's okay. I'll teach you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so we, we we just jumped into the story. I, I didn't even really introduce you guys. So June Allison King. I mean, I think part of that's because I think a lot of people know you. I think most people know you, but June and Allison are both on staff here. Um, June works with our pathways, getting people connected. Do we call it pathways? Is that we, we, we've Depends. gone around about this, about this title. What's the title we're, we're on right now? It's officially the pathways coordinator. It is the pathways coordinator. I was right. But, but like people out there don't know what a pathway is. <laughs> so I got asked the question. So what's, so what's a path? What do you coordinate as the pathways coordinator? So I, I just say I do like member coordinating mm-hmm. or volunteer coordinating. Um, Jack of all trades, master of none. (laughs) So So June gets people connected to the church, connected into membership, connected into community groups, connected into equipping. And it's kind of all that. It's the pathway from, you know, getting connected on the outskirts of the church family into kind of the the family and equipping. Better than I can put it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Master of all of that. That's June. Yes. And Allison is on staff here as our children's ministry coordinator. Mm -hmm. So how how long have you been doing that now? Seven? I think we might have hit a year. Have we? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Maybe next month. Okay. I I don't don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that. I was pregnant. 
That's right. So basically, so it seemed like a great fit. Yeah, basically, uh, the church probably gets an email from me or June once a week. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) we're just in your inbox. (laughs) So Allison coordinates all of our volunteers across all ages. Yes, yeah, it's been it's been a season. Maybe maybe we should use this as a pitch. Yeah, yeah. Email me, Allison. That's That's why we're on the show. Yeah, that's right. Pitch. (laughs) They're both here to recruit volunteers. Yeah, (laughs) which is I. I feel like uh, every year, kind of with all staff, but particularly with like your guys' positions. When we ask staff, like, what's your least favorite part of your job? (laughs) Like across the board, every single staff member is like volunteer coordination. It's tough. It's tough out there. Least favorite strong. They love, they love the volunteers. Right. Yeah. Right. When it's it's, good, it's good. It's right. Yeah. It's right. It's it's the, it's the, 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 the lack of it. Mm -hmm. That's hard, but super thankful for that. Super thankful for the ways in which even through this, um, you have (laughs) cobbled together the re launching of all of our children's ministries. And so, Yeah. yeah, super thankful for that. So we, we, we could talk about all that, but I actually don't want to talk about the staff side mm. of things today. Um, I would love to, I, I, I wanted to have you guys on just to hear a little bit about your testimony. I think we, one of the things that I lo- love is the opportunity to, for people to share their testimonies, the testimonies of what the Lord's done in their lives and how he has worked and drawn them to himself, drawn them to where, where they're at. I think we keep getting to hear such encouraging testimonies of the work the Lord's doing in the life of our church and the story of what he has done and is doing in your lives is, you know, only, only a tiny part of that is your staff roles here, right? Obviously he's been doing um, so much. So why, why don't we start kind of, why don't we go back even before, you know, before the two of you even knew each other, Mm -hmm. (laughs) How, how did, how did each of you come to faith in Christ? You want to take it? Me? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Oh. Okay. She's like, why don't you tell my story? You could tell each other's stories. Oh yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> nah. T- tell your own story. Because <laughs> I tell my story so well. <laughs> um. Okay, that's fine. I can go. Um. You know, I uh, I'm not one that grew up in the church. So mm-hmm. so. I, I should. I, I'm going to kind of work backwards here. So, I always kind of ask a question sometimes of my own immediate family and mm-hmm. and you know i love my mom and dad and, and my brother and everything but i'm like it's interesting because my mom's younger brother is a pastor in seoul in south korea my grandmother is like a presbyterian not only by lineage but just like at heart and is mm-hmm. such a solid prayer warrior um and my aunt and uncle my my dad's brother and his wife solid Christians, like went to church their whole life and everything. And then we get uh, my immediate family. And mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, I, we didn't grow up going to church. We didn't grow up really with an emphasis on Christian things, mm-hmm. morality, sure, but maybe not Christian stuff. Um, but I did have a friend that, and I probably stopped going to church in like third grade, mm-hmm. like straight up. Um, my parents were just like, nope, we're not going to church anymore. I think they got burned by like a Korean church, mm-hmm. uh, which unfortunately seems to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we stopped going to church for until I was in eighth grade. And mm-hmm. then I, I have a friend, Taylor, 
Um, I'll probably send this podcast to him. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, he he I grew up with uh, a friend that lived down the street from me, and his dad planted a church in our neighborhood. And so I actually ended up going there with him. I'd, I'd sleep over Saturday nights at Taylor's house, and we would wake up at like six in the morning at just the crack of dawn to go set up the signs and go set up chairs. Not a whole lot different than what I'm doing now. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So uh, I did that for a year. He, uh, mm. Taylor's dad was a church. Uh, it was called Lark Ridge Community Church. He was he was the pastor there for, I think, like two years or mm. so. Um, and so I went to church starting in like eighth grade mm. for probably a year, a year and a half, maybe mm. like two school years tops. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my buddy moved to Wyoming mm. because his dad found a, uh, a, a role, a pastor job in Wyoming in Cheyenne. And so that's when I stopped going to church again. Hmm. Um, but I was baptized in eighth grade and kind of just like, didn't think about it. This is where, I, th- so I was sharing my testimony on the radio station. This is where I mentioned <laughs> Augustine. Um, because I'm like, man, there's this part in confessions. This is in the sparks notes version, right? <laughs> where he talks about being apathetic and he steals like fruit from a fruit farm. And he like, realizes, oh, I don't really care about stealing fruit from the fruit farm. I didn't, I don't care that I did something bad. I don't care. He didn't even, he didn't even end up eating the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I felt in high school. I'm just like, hmm, like you just don't really care about things. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a lot of people's experience. Uh, yeah. And so I went through high school. And I applied to a couple of colleges. I ended up going to Pepperdine because my grandmother was like, oh, you're going to a Christian college. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'd necessarily consider Pepperdine a Christian college. Uh, but, hey, you know what? It's the beach. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, and then I went there. And then I, I, I uh, my maybe my like sophomore year of college, my fr- towards the end of my freshman year of college, my buddy... Um, Andrew really, really was intentional with me and started teaching me, um, kind of like leading me back to Jesus. Mm. And he was like, you know what? Like, this is really important to me. This is important in my life. I'm just going to share it with you. Mm. Um, you know, to use Reggie's analogy of the swimming pool, he loved being in the pool mm. and he loved it so much. He couldn't help but share it with me and invite me in. Mm. Um, and so I started getting back into, uh, a little bit of the Bible, a little bit of, you know, theology. I didn't really understand it at the time. Um, I kind of thought I was smart, but I wasn't. Uh, yeah. And then my sophomore year of college, I went to China uh-huh. and they like elected me as the spiritual life advisor, like almost like this, like uh, chaplain role uh, in China. And it was like uh, a role I should not have been in at all uh-huh. because I like, what, what do I know? I don't know anything. Mm. Um and actually, I would—I would, I don't think I'd still consider myself a Christian at the time. Mm. Um, so, you know, got thrown into that. Uh, and so that's, I mean, I was still kind of just like on my way up. Maybe, the, I mean, the Lord used me in some way. But then uh, I would say after college, after college is when like I, I was gripped. Mm. And like the Lord kind of opened my eyes and everything. Uh, it, you know what? It was, it, was, it was a breakup that really kind of solidified a lot of things for me, Hmm. uh, which is funny and embarrassing to say live, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, but it's true. It's just between you and me. It's It's just, it's just just the three of us. You're cutting this part out. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this, this breakup happened. I was in in this like long-term relationship in college. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, thought, thought like things were going to happen. And, uh, I realized at a certain point I'm like, Oh, you know what? Like these Christian beliefs and values really matter to me. 
It started mattering to me more and more and more and more. Mm. And to uh, my girlfriend at the time, it started mattering to her less and less and less and less. Mm. And so I remember at a certain point uh, in like maybe 2016 or something, I point blank asked her, I'm like, hey, do you think you're, do you think you like believe in, in Jesus? Like, do you think you're a Christian? Mm. And she said, no. She's like, nope, I don't think so. I've like kind of walked away. Um, and I wrestled with that. I wrestled with that hard. Mm. Uh, and ended up breaking up. And I'm like, you know what? This is like the perfect, like the Lord used this to, to like perfectly reset uh, my life, to to reset kind of a devotional heart towards him, to to reset, um, I don't know, my entire worldview, I guess. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I started, I stopped there. And, you know, funny enough, I, I actually came to Cornerstone in 2015 with my buddy Nate. Mm. Um but, and, and Matt, actually, I went to the first intro class in like 2015, I think. And Matt hounded me for two years, like nonstop. This is actually a huge part of my testimony. I don't know why I didn't share this. Sorry, I can go on and on about this. But, <laughs> but I, I share this all the time. But Matt and, and actually Stefan, Stefan Lynn, mm-hmm. those were the first two people that I met at Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And for two years, it was like relentless. They were like, hey, you come into the intro class? You come into the intro class? And Stefan was like, hey, we get in lunch? We get in lunch? And every single time I'd say no. I had better <laughs> things to do. Um, uh, but, but, you know, you fast forward a couple of years and I start reading about the local church and it, w- it became so compelling. Mm. And everything that my buddy Andrew would talk about the local church kind of all came together. All these years mm. of culminating like knowledge about what the church is and who mm. God is and who Christ is. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, in like early 2017, mm. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I need to like find a church. I need to get plugged in. Mm. Um, like any young person, I'm like, wow, I'm gonna live out Acts two to its fullest. Mm. Like, we're gonna do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of road bumps along the way from then to now about Acts two. But, um, I mean, that's the long and short of it, man. Mm. I came to Cornerstone nice. and like became like finished the membership classes. I mm. think in two, like late 2017, mm. um, joined a community group, and I, I mean, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, but like honestly, I'm here now because of all of those experiences mm. from before. Mm. That's really cool. I I love it too. Like the the picture of that. I, I think actually most of us can probably relate to that. Uh, coming to faith as this journey, mm-hmm. these like stops and starts and with, and, and you know, when you, if you take any one snapshot, you're like, Oh, this is it. Or, Oh, this isn't going well. <laughs> right. But like the Lord weaves yeah. was kind of weaving this, this story together. Even, um, even when you were disinterested, it's, it's a really hard question for me to answer. When did you become a Christian? I'm actually not a fan of that question. Well, I, I, and and that's why I actually love it because I think most of us can resonate more with that mm-hmm. as well. I mean, so, some people have that clear moment, but uh, th- there it was this this series of relationships right. and and experiences and uh, walking away and and being pulled back and um, that oftentimes I think is what most of our journeys are like. Yeah, yeah. And so that's really and 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 now you're the guy who hounds people with emails. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm the hounder now. <laughs> So, uh, okay. So what, what about you, Allison? Yeah. Um, so similar to June, I did not grow up in the church. I'm from Texas. So from the Bible Belt South, uh, mm. but my family was not one of the families that was at church every opportunity that the doors were open. Mm. Um, 
I think that like looking back, my it's interesting because my family thought God was a good thing um, and like being moral was a good thing, but there wasn't any emphasis on going to church. So I think I probably would have said my entire life that I believed in God, um, but I did not know who God was. Um, and so flash forward to high school for me and I have I have two older sisters, my middle sister um, was getting into a lot of trouble at the time. And so my house was really chaotic and Bible about South, all my friends go to the youth group. And so I took any opportunity I could to just be out of the house, um, and be kind of away from what was going on there. Uh, so I started going to church simply for that reason. My friends are there. I don't want to be at home. So I'll go to church. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that God really used that for me to have an interest in God and, and faith. Um, I have a moment where I prayed to receive Christ, but I relate to like, I look back and I'm like, ah, I didn't know a lot there at yeah. all, but I prayed there. Um, the youth group was hosting is like a traditional Bible church, like a D now weekend. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but mm -hmm. it's just a youth weekend, um, where you have all the spiritual highs and everybody, <laughs> there's like a cry night where everybody cries. And, uh, there's this moment where they do a, uh, What's it called? Where you like call? Like an altar call? An altar call. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so I, I just want to do an altar nice. call. Um, where they're like, okay, like everybody who wants to pray this prayer, um, like open your eyes and look at me. Uh -huh. And uh, I always laugh because I wanted to pray the prayer, but I didn't want to open my eyes. So <laughs> I say, I prayed the prayer that night, but my first act as a Christian was rebellion. <laughs> like I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it on my own terms. Uh -huh. um, so, you know. Based on that entry point to Christianity, I had a lot to learn still. And then, you know, my family situation, I was truly the older son from the prodigal son. Like, I remember mm. reading that and not understanding at all what the older brother did wrong. Like, mm. I, I would read it over and over and I'm like, he's right. Like, I, I don't get what's going on here. So I think repentance and my understanding that I was a sinner took a long time for me. I'm from the more, I'm, I'm moral. I'm a good mm. person. I don't drink. I don't party. I, I don't all do all these things. I'm yeah. a good person. Um, so my need for faith, I think, took a lot longer for me to understand that I couldn't do things on my own. Um, so step into college, I, in late high school, I'd like prayed the prayer, um, didn't really have a lot of great examples of what I meant to walk with God on a daily basis, though. Um, and I knew that I wanted to learn that. So I chose college based off of where I didn't know uh, none of my friends were going. I thought, like, I'm going to go somewhere new. Mm. And, uh, like, faith was going to be, like, the most important thing to me. Uh, so untraditional, again, that that's what I was seeking in college. First thing I sought out was um, places to grow in my faith. And that's how I got involved in the college ministry that I eventually worked for. Um, and I think that that was pretty instrumental because I hadn't had examples up until that point. Mm. Um, and so I had a lot of questions. I wanted to know God. I wanted to know what the gospel was, um, but kind of was just ripe for the picking. Like I just needed someone to tell mm. me. Um, and so college was like crazy growth in my life. Um, I like kept journals. I've showed June this, but like the Bible. Yeah, I would, I would, I would read like a whole passage at a time and then just like summarize it, which is like what you do in seminary. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I just like wanted to know so much. Um, but then in 2014, my dad suddenly passed away, and that to me is where theology came alive because mm -hmm. it was all these things that 
I like knew in my head, but I hadn't experientially had to like step into actual like, I'm going to believe this Mm. when I don't want to believe this. Um, And so I look at that as one of the most like deep growth periods of my life um, because a lot of the grief I was experiencing was God, like God wasn't who I thought he was. Mm. Um, and it was for the better, but this God that I'd kind of built, this comfortable God that um, that kind of gave me what I wanted and life was easy. Mm. Um, all of a sudden, like I have a dad who's just died that I know didn't know the gospel. I had felt like an urging to share the gospel with him and I didn't. Mm. What do I do with all of this? What do mm. I what do I do with this theology that I've learned about and now I kind of don't like? Um, and so, yeah, I think that I can look back at that, that single moment happening and even say like everything that's happened in my life today is a result of that, a direct result of that. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's kind of the long and short of, of my Mm. story. And so after that, after college, you, uh, did you go directly into college doing college ministry? I did. So how, why, why did you take that step? Like how, how was that? What was that process like? Uh, yeah. So in college, I, like, I just told you how like gung ho yeah. for my faith I was. So I had been telling my mom all throughout that I was going to, <laughs> I was going to be a missionary to a country and not tell her the name of it. Uh, so like that was the track <laughs> I was headed on. And then when my dad died, I just like, I like kind of had full-time grief period for a while. Like I, mm. I was not okay to, to go overseas. And it was mm. at that time period that I would have been making that decision mm. and I should have been going overseas. Um, and so that was how I, at the, at the time I knew that I wanted to be in ministry. I knew that, um, I, I guess the reason why I studied international relations when I was in college um, and was really passionate about wanting to see like global change. And at a certain point got really frustrated of like, well, the world is broken. I don't really see how I'm going to like make a significant change. Mm. And so I think that that's where the the heart for ministry kind of came out of. Um, and then I thought it was global ministry, realized I'm not in a position to go overseas. So I interned at the college. I, I went to um, stateside as opposed to uh, internationally. And then I did that for interned with the the college ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like like the campus campus ministry. Ministry, yeah. Um I did that for a year or two years. I can't remember. And then uh decided that I wanted I I my life is always a series of leaps. Like I, I kind of like <laughs> I love leaping. Um I feel like that's like when I have like I feel my faith. Like I, I like to kind of like test myself in that way. Uh, so I feel like that's the second significant leap I took. One was going to college where I didn't know anybody. And then I was like, well, I'll move to California where I don't know anybody. <laughs> Continuing to work for the same college ministry, uh-huh. uh, but got assigned out here to USC. Um, so that was the beginning of my my LA journey. Hmm. Hmm. And so you were working on campus at USC? Sort of. Um, technically, that was where I was assigned. Uh, but <laughs> I actually worked mostly on a lot of community colleges. Okay. Um, trying to launch and like find new students and a lot of evangelism and launching kind of stuff. Mm. So what, what was it that, I mean, I, I know, it's never like really one thing, but how, how do you describe that, that just kind of desire for a ministry, even vocationally mm-hmm. ministry oriented life? Was it just that, was it that passion that came out of the international studies and be like, okay, I, I want to 
try to be a part of the solution or or was it kind of just like one step after another and probably a yeah. combination of both of those things yeah. um and just a gen- genuine joy for talking with people mm. i think when you're in ministry positions um people kind of open up to you um and like all you have to say like i even since like i'm in an uber and someone says what do you do like oh i i work in ministry and the door just kind of opens for so many conversations mm. um and so i really enjoy just getting to be a conversationalist with people getting mm. to listen and uh share pretty openly um so i think there's probably a little bit of a natural heart of evangelism just yeah, yeah, naturally yeah 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 for sure so where, okay, well, I, actually, let me, I'm going to reverse these questions. June, you now are in seminary and are also per- pursuing vocational ministry and pursuing pastoral ministry at this point. Um, how did that come about? Right? Like how, how did you go from uh, kind of the Lord finally grabbing a hold of your life in a unique way and making a a pivot toward vocational ministry dang dude that's a that's a good question i love i love this question (laughs) um well so when i graduated i became a i was a manager i was an assistant manager at the target on balboa and nordoff and northridge so Mm -hmm. shout out to the valley boys Mm. um so I worked at that Northridge Target for like three and a half years. Um, and I loved it. Dude, I was making a lot of money. <laughs> I was making lots of money. Um, and uh, it was great. I mean. You were a good Target manager too. I, I think I, I mean. I, mean I, just, I feel like that's, that was like the impression. Like I just, I just remember. From I would show days. up to church sometimes in like red and khaki. You know, oh, yeah. you just rep it hard. Um, <laughs> Are you saying accidentally? Maybe. I don't know. That's like all I owned, I guess, in terms of collared shirts. That sounds like you. So, yeah, but I was a manager at Target for, for three and a half years. And um, I kind of like, I remember getting that job straight out of college and going to dinner with my friends and being like, I'm going to advance. Like, I will not leave this company until I advance in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, to which, in a, to a certain degree, I did. But... Uh, you know, I, I, when I started getting plugged into Cornerstone, I think this is an experience that many people feel, especially in Los Angeles and especially for the post-grad crew, um, where you're young. And, and college was, just, it's just such, it's an environment where everyone is headed in the same direction. Everyone kind of has a similar goal in mind. Mm. And so in terms of being involved in fellowship at a, in, in college, mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun and it's, it's exciting because everyone's trying to do the same thing and everyone's, uh, you know, growing exponentially in leaps and bounds, like Allison was saying in their faith and in their professional life and just, you know, as a person. Uh, but when you get out of it, uh, you kind of lose a sense of direction. Mm. Um, I'm 21, 22 years old. What, what do I do? Where do I find friends? What do I, you know, all my friends are moved away. Um, and so I started talking to Matt, uh, when I joined a community group in, uh, in the fall of 2017, uh, Matt kind of just like invited me to do stuff with him. I remember I picked up a bunch of cardboard boxes with him one day. Mm. Um, and, and he, uh, I was, I mean, 
I, I griped to him, honestly. Mm-hmm. I was saying, I was saying, like, man, you know, this community group that I'm in, I feel like I'm not building community. Mm. I, I think it's it's something that a lot of people feel kind of on the other side of things a little mm. bit. Um, and I, 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 I get it. Um, and, you know, Mal was kind of just like, he used this hose metaphor. You have to get under the water. Mm. You know, if you, plants are getting watered, if you want to get water, you kind of have to step into it. So be vulnerable, share. Um, and it ended up being awesome. Like, mm. I, I love that community. It's funny. I actually lead the same community group that mm. I was joined. Mm. So it's this weird kind of transition. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so I started developing like a relationship with the pastors that way, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one thing that I had a really big heart for was sharing the gospel in the workplace, which mm-hmm. is always a good thing to do. Always do it. Always share the gospel at the workplace. And I would especially share it to my HR manager. Mm. Um <laughs> Uh, who actually is a really close friend of mine, uh-huh. um, not a Christian, but I was, I would always like, ask these questions and talk about the gospel with her and then people would join the room. Right. And I'd be like, Hey, what do you think about truth? What, what is, what is, what do you think about, uh, religion and, and what's your worldview and stuff, right? Just stuff that young people ask. Mm. Um, and I was telling that one day, I'm like, dude, I like really have a, I want to like share the good news with people. Mm. And I want to like challenge people and what what they think mm-hmm. uh i remember matt said this he said i'm not a son of a prophet i'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet but perhaps you should think about doing something with this mm-hmm. i don't know if it was a gifting or not um but he's like think about wh- what can you do with this what can you do with this gift uh, I'm like, i don't know man uh i certainly don't want to go to seminary <laughs> um i certainly don't want to leave this job uh-huh. uh so <laughs> It started this maybe like two year, year, year and a half long journey to where I somehow got connected with you. Yeah. I remember thinking you were Brian. I remember the first email I was, <laughs> I was, I was thinking about uh, the email that I sent because Matt's like, hey, you should get connected with Scott about perhaps more ways you can get plugged in, in uh, uh, with Cornerstone in terms of like uh, outreach or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it said. So I, re- I remember this email. Hey, Scott, I heard you are big into coffee because, um, you know, I heard Brian say on the pulpit of something yeah. about coffee. I'm like, oh, I heard you're into nice coffees. And I got the reply back. Oh, I'm more of a tea guy. Uh, coffee would be Brian. Like, oh, that's embarrassing. Uh, but but yeah, I uh, that's kind of how I got to know you a little yeah. bit. Right. And and I mean, you really took me under your wing like like heavily like we would meet up probably once and sometimes twice a month man mm-hmm. and and you just ask me what i'm doing and, and tell me to read first timothy and come back i went over to your house and sat in your backyard for like four hours mm-hmm. just like loitering you know <laughs> um and this is my favorite part of the story discipleship by loitering that's my style <laughs> that's my style um so i mean you guys were you guys were huge in my life man and i remember the challenge came and you're like, you should go, you're, you kind of laid down two options, right? You can go to seminary. You might, you, you know, if you want to go like, if you need to know more, go to seminary. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you can do this without uh, having a deeper, maybe not deeper, just like a more thorough understanding of things. Mm-hmm. Don't. But I remember there was a certain point where you're like, you should lean towards 
seminary. Mm-hmm. You should lean towards towards gaining a little bit more knowledge about this stuff to do this. I'm not sure what you were thinking, you know, at the mm-hmm. time. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't say anything that stood out. I remember questioning you over and over and over and over again. Like, what? In, yeah. Like, why yeah, are you yeah, doing you had a this? lot of questions. <laughs> like, what? what is this? I'm like just this scrub that works at Target, dude. Like, mm-hmm. what What do you see? What? Mm-hmm. What is in me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I know. Like, it's like, it's 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 uh just the time and effort that you poured into me and it's, it's awesome to see that um but yeah you kind of said you should go to school mm. i'm like okay i'll apply i'll apply to seminary and i applied on my phone believe it or not i was laying on my couch one day <laughs> i am serious i my application to seminary was all done through my 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 uh phone so uh, <laughs> So if that tells you the qualifications of seminary, I don't know. Uh, t- but, typing up, typing up questions just with your thumbs. Yep. Two thumbs. Yeah. Yeah. And I told him, I'm like, Scott, essay questions. I was like gung ho for, it. I remember telling you, like, there's scholarship opportunities opening up. Um, there's like stuff that I can do. I'm really excited for this. I get to be a student again. Mm. And then I got the application letter and that, t- that tone changed immediately. Mm. It was like, oh no, now it's like, I got to put in a deposit and I got to make a life decision. I got to tell my folks, mm. oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> you, you, you remember, I, I tell you this all the time. I think there was one moment uh, the, the, where it came to a head for me was I was talking to my buddies and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go through with it. I told everyone that it was, and I told everyone like, I'm on board. I'm going to go to school. Um, let's do more for cornerstone. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm like, you know, I'm changing my mind. I can't leave this paycheck and I can't leave this career growth, man. I can't do that. Uh, and so I didn't tell you this, of course. Um, and so you and Brian took me out to coffee one day. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, geez. I totally remember that. <laughs> uh, you guys took me out to coffee. It, the car's like, it has a good energy. It's got good <laughs> vibes. You're like bouncing. We're going to like Ella Brew, which is bomb coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we're laughing. We're you're laughing. Having you're time. having a good time. Uh, I'm sitting in the front seat, man. I'm terrified. I'm, <laughs> I'm shaking. I'm cold. Uh, and and we get there. <laughs> Order our coffee. Sit down. I'm like, I have some. I have something to say. Uh, I decide I'm not going to school. I, I I didn't go through with putting down my deposit. I uh, I can't. I'm not gonna do it. And <laughs> I don't know. I think you always say you weren't mad. I don't think you were mad, but. You could tell the the vibe. The went, energy changed. Oh my goodness! The, did it change? The energy changed. Um, and Scott just went from smile. I wish you could see my face right now to this. <laughs> and I don't think you said a I, this again. I don't think it was anger. It was just more like, why didn't you tell me this stuff? And and I remember Brian had to like. He came in and he started, he started talking to me about all these, you know, how Brian does existential stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, you have two open doors, man. You got to choose one. I'm like, oh, geez, I guess that's true. You go through one, another door closes. Mm. And he's like, that's what it is. You want to go to law school? You want to be, you know, choose your career? That's fine. But just know, like, this door is going to, it's going to close. Yeah. Maybe not permanently, but for the time being, it's going to close. Yeah. yeah. And it was so convicting, man. It was so, maybe your face was convicting. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I went home that day and I put it down my deposit. I'm like, I'm going to school <laughs> now. This can, I guess, can lead into uh, some, yeah, yeah. some of the house stuff, right? But yeah. unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to me, that meeting was where Scott, where you were going to make an, a, a job offer to me. 
I, yes. <laughs> and uh, provide a place for me to stay. Uh-huh. Unbeknownst to me, he, had, he kept that paper hidden. He didn't show that to me intentionally. This was so good because it did. I don't know. <laughs> that's a lot. It's just like a lot of trust or I don't know, maybe frustration. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that. Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah, I went home that day and I, I submitted my deposit. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Mm. And then, it's, you know, the consequences thereafter, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Mm. And uh, it's kind of, that's it, man. That's how it started. <laughs> lots of, you know what? It's just lots of kicking and screaming and digging my nails into the floor and the Lord kind of dragging me. He's like, hey, mm. you're going to come with me. It reminds me, you know what? It reminds me a lot of Gideon. I want to say Moses, but I'm like, dude, I'm not Moses. <laughs> <laughs> but Gideon just, he needed signs over and over and over. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember that. And uh, that's, that's so funny to think back on. I, and, and because... I, uh, I was surprised and I wasn't, yeah, I mean, I wasn't angry. Like I, and I, and that's where I, I wanted what was best for you. And part of that is like, I also didn't like, I, I also recognize, and it, particularly at this point in life and ministry, recognize the weight that the voice of a pastor can have and try to be careful not to like put the thumb on mm-hmm. that scale and be like, oh, I think you should do this. <laughs> that's probably God speaking. You should, you know, you should live like, I, I, I never want to, to do that while also trying to provide like the perspective and the wisdom along the way. And, and it, it's also, it's also a, a, an interesting dance because, and I, I've seen this with, I mean, even with all of our current pastors, like all of them and elders and church planters, all of them have taken these leaps Mm -hmm. and made made um recognized god calling through either difficulty or sacrifice or a um not knowing how it's gonna work out and and it's and and it it was funny because i think in that moment like i didn't want to be like oh here i can make it easy for you would you go if i made it easy for you Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I was like, I was like, Oh, like that. And so I was kind of caught. Right. I'm like, well, I don't want to try to convince you by making it right. Logistically easy. Right. Like in light of where the Lord had led you, like I wanted to come and like support you and make it easier in that. But I don't want to like try to convince you by making it easy, which is no way to enter seminary. No, no, you don't, you don't want to enter like that. No, like, well, I wasn't really (laughs) going to, but you know, it just kind of seemed like the easiest thing to do, right? Like that's, that's yeah. <laughs> like that's not, but, but it, what's, what's so cool about it to me also is how the Lord did, was and did and orchestrated through that, right? Like the, we don't know what each other always exactly need, mm-hmm. what exactly that journey entails, but the Lord was working in your heart in a whole host of different ways that, um, I mean, I, I love to see how he builds his church in ways that we were like, oh wait, that. That's not, this isn't anybody's master plan mm-hmm. except for his, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and it's been, it's been cool to see. So, um, I mean, and, and it, it does bring up, so at that point though, after you uh, committed to, to seminary, so you're going to seminary, you moved into the mission house here. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a helpful, so the two of you just moved into the mission house. We did. Like 
a couple like last, weekend. last last weekend. Yeah. Right. So this is kind of a Crazy. new. So for those of you who, who don't know, we have a house on campus here at the church. It's owned by the church. And for a, a lot of years, it was used as um, a place for missionaries to come when they were on furlough, when they were visiting, a place for them to stay. Um, probably about five or six years ago, as we were thinking through just strategically how to both care for our partners, how to train up the next generation of, of pastors, of church planters, really, and still to this day, the biggest hurdle to training people here in West LA is housing, mm-hmm. like is being able to house them while we train them because it's, it, well, you all know why, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and we realized that it was a lot easier to find places for visitors to stay, even like rent an Airbnb, even mm-hmm. if we were going to rent an Airbnb for two weeks while mm-hmm. someone was here visiting, uh, that was way cheaper than housing somebody permanently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we kind of made a, a strategic shift to to repurpose the house. And we still generously house our global partners when they're visiting, um, just in different ways. But we repurposed the house and have used it over the last five or six years for uh, people, couples, families in training and for during uh, a season of, of ministry training. And so um, that was at one point just kind of an original like place just to even get you started. Right. 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 Which was a huge blessing. And then um, and now after it, it's where Demetrius and Estella have been living in preparation for the church plant to make that possible. And mm-hmm. as they've kind of finished up the, the, the training and the pastoral preparation of that, and, and as they've moved on and gotten sent out, I'm super excited that you guys are now moving in there. And as you both finish up seminary and also kind of finish up this season of ministry training, and for both of you, with you, Allison, both n- not only working on staff here, but mm-hmm. also in a season of ministry training, mm-hmm. right? In discipleship training and cousin training, going deeper in your training. This is a, it, it, it's exciting to me to be able to help facilitate that um, here locally, close to the, and as a part of the church community, but also in a season where even as a young family, mm-hmm. like to be a young family that is freed up enough to not only ha- get ministry experience, but to be trained mm-hmm. um, in ministry for whatever the Lord has next. Uh, it's just a huge blessing to have that capacity as a church family. And um, I'm excited for how the Lord's doing it now. And so at, at this point, um, yeah, you, so why don't you give me a little bit of a, so that's a little bit of background for mm-hmm. people and kind of what the house is, how we're using it and how I'm, I'm really excited that you guys are going to be utilizing that for the next year or two. Um, how did you guys meet? Oh, oh. we met uh, June's first month in seminary. That's so right. what's crazy. There's, there's lots of crazy things. First of all, when I think about our story, we don't know each other apart from June being in seminary, hmm. like dating, uh, like marriage, baby, like everything has been in the context of seminary. So that's going to wow. be an interesting adjustment for us. Yeah. And we always joke that, if I met him when he worked at Target, which was like only a month difference, I don't, oh. I don't, we don't know like where the story would have gone. <laughs> maybe you'll like me more. Maybe. <laughs> maybe went on some nicer dates. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
What was your question? I just forgot. How did we meet? Oh, how did we meet? Um, So I was really close with the Dillard family who goes to Cornerstone. Um, You guys probably know. Uh, When I moved out here, said I didn't know anybody in LA. They were on my team and they invited me to live in their home, uh, essentially sight on scene. Like we didn't know each other at all. And they were like, we'll move our third kid out of his bedroom and give it to you. Yeah. Um, And so in that season, I grew really close with them. I lived with them for like six months when I first moved to LA. Um, and they're really good at setting people up. They would always like invite someone over for dinner. So and so is coming over for dinner. You should come. Um, and so I was kind of used to that dynamic. Um, I like, it was always like, just meet new people. Um, but your experience of that was a little different than night they invited you over. Um, so you can you can explain your side of it. Oh, you want me to explain my you don't want to explain everything? No, you're you're better at this. Well, actually here, I'll explain okay. a little bit. At the time, June was responsible for locking up the church. Um and oh, so like yeah. one Sunday, I think it was a five o'clock. It was back when we saw the five o'clock. Yeah. And Brian was like, Hey, I have someone for you to meet, like in his pokey Brian Dillard way. Oh my. And uh you want to take this? I could I could I could say that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um <laughs> No, actually, I want to hear your side. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think is funny. So he, uh, like, Brian uh, convinces June to come over, like, with the purpose of meeting me. They they just told me to come come to dinner. So I didn't know that. Um, but June, like, in his, like, uh, previous to uh, that night, he'd been going through a phase where he didn't want to shower. He had read online that if you go long enough without washing your hair, that it would self-wash. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. need to, I I need to qualify this. this a little. No, I don't know if you do. No, no, I don't okay. know if you do. It's okay. That's just what happened. And so he hadn't showered in like, well, he showered. He had not washed his hair in like maybe almost a month at this point. He hadn't shaved. Uh, and so he was looking pretty rough. And then this like opportunity to meet someone, I think, snapped him back into shape. And so he like rushes home, showers, and in his rushing, he forgets to lock up the church. Like I think Danny was like, dude, dude, it was all open. Like you just <laughs> left, it, <laughs> left it open. Man, so I don't remember that. So that was the night we met. <laughs> I gotta show you the picture. Nobody can a, see I, the picture. I probably have a really you know, I probably have a, a detailed email from Danny, like to the church. Of, I don't know what's going on, but the church is wide open. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was all because June met Allison. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, so where we were pre- leaving, living previously to moving is where I lived single and the house that we met in. Mm-hmm. And then now we're moving back to the house where uh, June lived in prior when to us being met. married. So we, we just can't seem to get away from, <laughs> from the places. Kind of meta, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. whoa. So, um, yeah, there's, I, I, there's, there's so much there. There's so many stories. I know you, you guys could tell about that process, but I, um, maybe to, to wrap this up, I want you to think about, I mean, it's, it's only been a few years and so many, so much has changed, right? You met, got married. Now we have a baby. Mm-hmm. Now we're on kind of the, the, the back end of seminary, um, kind of, both in, still engaged in a season of ministry training. Mm-hmm. When when you think about when you, when you look forward to your heart for um, the world for the church, um, I mean you're you're preparing for something, right? You're preparing to, for the Lord to use you 
in and, and, and to strengthen these, these gifts and to explore how he wants to use you in uh, the world, in the church. What, what is it that's most compelling to you about um, what God is doing in the world and in the church that makes you just want to commit your lives hmm. to and sacrificing all uh, a bunch of other things you could be doing in your lives for that purpose. That's a good question. That's a great question. Deep. Yeah. So deep. You got anything? I think the first thing that comes to mind is just that th- there's lots of unknowns, right? We don't, we don't all, totally. we, we really don't know what's like the next step ahead of us. Um, but we have all of these examples of how God has moved like crazy, not just in our lives, but in the lives of people around us. Um, and I think that's what like, I, I get so excited. I'm like, I've seen God move and I know he's going to do it again. And um, that's both in my life and in others' lives. Uh, like after my dad passed away, my mom came to faith. I never would have seen that coming. Um, and so just when you live life with people long-term, uh, you see God do things that might not have been your plan, mm-hmm. but end up tr- you truly see things working together for their good um, and for your own good as well. But but I think the the ministry side of it for me is just knowing that God is good, that He is trustworthy, and that He has plans. And I want to see those plans happen. And mm-hmm. I like being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh. What a privilege to get to be a part of it, right? It's good. I got to follow that. Oh, man. Um, there was um, a staff meeting during the height of kind of shutdown, lockdown, mm-hmm. that I remember, I think it was you. It might have been Brian. Still going to mix <laughs> he's up? Still, he's still, <laughs> yeah, still <laughs> One of you guys, uh, where you, you said that Cornerstone as a church, it could die, it could disappear. But the church of Jesus Christ is going to still grow and produce fruit. And no power can stop it. Mm. Uh, no power on this earth, I should say, can stop it. And, and I thought that was, that's been kind of the, like in the back of my head, what's been fueling a lot of life, I think. Mm. Um, yes, I, I, I love our church and I love Cornerstone specifically and I love our pastors and I love all the opportunities it's afforded me and I love the people and the community groups and, and, and everything about it. Um, but at the same time, I think what I realize is being trained up for ministry is a lifelong, seasons long, various callings worth mm-hmm. of a role. It's not just preparing for ministry, maybe specifically to be at Cornerstone West LA, mm-hmm. but it could be preparing for ministry, doing other, I mean, whatever avenues that the Lord has. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, I love, I love that phrase of, of the church isn't going anywhere. Mm. Like the church isn't going anywhere. And so I think that's like the fuel. That's, that's the fuel that keeps me going is being traded up for ministry. Um, I don't want to just learn how to preach. I don't want to just learn how to counsel, but I want to just become a holistic, <laughs> I think a holistic man of God. Mm. I, I tell people I would drop out of seminary if it weren't leading to growth. 
Mm. If I weren't growing through it spiritually, mm. I just would not see the point in it. Um, and I mean, thank God that he has, and he's mm-hmm. been, he's been, he's been really doing a lot of the growing in my heart. And so I think that's, that's my big purpose behind it. I, I, I love Allison's answer. It's, it's really, it's actually very difficult to follow up that answer. <laughs> um, because there's so many people who have been impacted by the gospel that just are in our immediate sphere. Yeah. Allison's mom being one of them. Mm-hmm. I think for Allison, me being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so many of our friends have been impacted and, and maybe their faith was revitalized or maybe they came to faith for the Mm -hmm. first time. And I think especially in the city, uh, that's in in LA, I think specifically, it's an exciting opportunity, not just because it's LA and it's Hollywood or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's an exciting opportunity kind of in the grime of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So you kind of think about Jeremiah 29 and. You think, man, these guys are going to be in captivity for seventy years, mm. and and yet, throughout the captivity, throughout the burden that comes with it, plant root, mm. be a community of God's people, mm. right? Have families, work, and I think that um, is kind of how we see Los Angeles, how we see the world, maybe not even LA mm. specifically for us, LA, but how. We want to see the world. Yeah. We're here temporarily. And it's burdensome. It's like what Paul says. Like, I'd rather I'd rather depart and be with the Lord. But mm. we're here. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's make the most of it. Mm. I would just to add on to that. I think that we have conversations a lot of why do we commit? I think we use the word commit a lot. Like mm. we're committed to Cornerstone mm-hmm. and we're committed to LA. And it's simply because this is where God has us. Like mm. he has not opened any other door. So mm. <laughs> we're going to yeah. be as faithful as we can to where we are. Mm. And we think about how it would be a lot easier to be, you know, in another city or other places. Right. But we're here because God has us here. And mm. that's like just the, the short of the, mm-hmm. the, the end of it. So, mm. Well, I'm super thankful for that. I'm super thankful for the fact that he has you here and for that that, that commitment, because I think of the, the, the fruit that it produces both. I, I mean, I, I'm le- practically thankful for both of your roles and how just so much of what you do, even here for the church facilitates, uh, not just your ministries, but so much of other people's ministries, like our community group leaders, our children's teachers are right. Like just laying the groundwork for all that, that to happen is a huge blessing. Um, but to be engaged in that with a vision for something larger than just making stuff happen, mm-hmm. but for the hearts that you both have for uh, the glory of God in the transformation of lives and the way in which the, the, the local church, not as organization, but as organism that mm-hmm. God is continuing to grow and multiply and transform is... Um, is, is such a blessing and I'm, it's just so fun to get to take a minute, take a beat and reflect on all that he's done. And I feel like even just in your guys' lives, we've just scratched the surface, right? Mm-hmm. This is just, a, you know, just a little, but reflect on all he's done and in so doing anticipate all that he has in store uh, for, for you, for us, for the church, for everyone um, in ways that often will be different than we expect um, and greater and more exciting. And we kind of prepare, we get equipped, we engage in faith. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That that's exactly what he's doing. And so for, and for, you know, some, it's like formal, uh, a more, you know, formalized seasonal training, maybe like seminary, maybe it's a more formalized seasonal training, like the, um, counseling equipping you're doing Allison. And, mm-hmm. and for others, it might just be like being equipped to be a community group leader, mm-hmm. right? Being equipped to share their faith mm-hmm. at, at work. Um, but whatever it is, we, we do it not even necessarily knowing exactly how the Lord's going to do it, yeah. but in, in faith, uh, knowing that, it, that he loves to over and over and over again, uh, use those steps of faith for his glory and the multiplication of his gospel yeah. in our world. So, Amen. Well, thanks you guys. Thanks for the time. Thanks for, uh, yeah, just your friendship. It's yeah. a huge blessing. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Seriously. Absolutely. Yeah, and you guys should all try the no shower thing. <laughs> I just want to throw <laughs> it out Definitely. We should end now. Let's, Definitely let's not, not have a whole trip so it doesn't shower. <laughs> thank you for listening, and thank you for showering. <laughs> we will see you on Sunday. <laughs>